Good morning, everyone. How's it going? Hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, we are in the book, The Pilgrim's Progress, and discussing every morning just a couple of uh, pages and seeing just some truths being brought, uh, being made clear from Scripture, uh, gospel truths specifically. I know uh, sometimes it can seem like, you know, we know the whole Bible is, is meant for, uh, to teach us the gospel, to teach us about Christ, but sometimes it's just so difficult to, to draw the line, to, at least for me, when it comes uh, to some of these passages. Like, this is a great passage, but what does it have to do with salvation? And what I love about the, Pil the Pilgrim's Progress is that it takes uh, some of those passages, some of those um, stories in Scripture, and just clears it up so clearly. Anyway, so that's what we'll be picking up uh, this morning. Uh, we'll be picking up where Faith and Christian, we were, they, they've just met up, they're talking about where they've come from, what God has done in their life, where God brought them from. And that's where we're going to pick up uh, this morning. So uh, Faith tells him about how, you know, he saw the same lions that Christian did, but it was during the day. So uh, he didn't stop like Christian did and fall asleep. Um, Christ Faithful had his, had his own struggles that he had to go through. I think that's something that uh, we take for granted or, or we don't necessarily consider sometimes that the trials and tests that God has for us are not necessarily what God puts through for everyone. So it's, it's important to remember that um, and to listen to other Christians, uh, to listen to their struggles, their, their trials, and, and realize that sometimes uh, the lessons that God has put through their life aren't the same lessons that God puts through um, ours, which is what we'll see over and over again. And that's what I love about uh, this uh, dialogue from this point on between Christian and faithful, because we begin to see that the difference of some things Christian runs into that you run into and some things he doesn't, that faithful has to deal with, um, like this temptation of, of lust that he had to go through. Faithful didn't have to deal with that, but, but I'm mean, sorry, Christian didn't have to deal with that, but faithful did. Uh, so here he goes. He says, uh, I, he, he, tells, um, he tells him how he passed by the porter, and Christian says, he told me indeed that he saw you go by, but I wish you had called at the house. For they would have showed you so many rarities that you would have scarce forgot them to the day of your death. But pray, tell me, did you meet nobody in the Valley of Humility? Well, yes, said Faithful. I, I met with one discontent, a person named Discontent, who would willingly have persuaded me to go back again with him. His reason was for that the Valley was altogether without honor. He told me, moreover, that there, that there to go was the way to disobey all my friends as pride, arrogancy, self-conceit, worldly glory, with others who he knew, as he said, would be very much offended if I made such a fool of myself as to wade through this valley. <laughs> so these are uh, 
these are some pictures uh, that faith faithful had to go through the same valley of humility. The valley of humility is no fun. And as as this other friend that faithful runs into says, hey, if you go down there, you're going to be ashamed. Uh, no one's going to like you. All your friends are going to think, what's wrong with him? It's going to be a humbling experience. But isn't that the... Uh, that's what we desire as Christians, uh, that that patience would work its perfect work in our lives. Uh, he says, uh, a note from the author, he says, Here observe the different experience of Christians in regard to the enemies they meet with. We do not read that Christian was attacked by discontent as faithful was. But yet, faithful reasoned and got the better of this enemy. Many pilgrims go on much more contented than others. The reason of faith will prevail over that discontent, which springs from pride, arrogancy, self-conceit, and a thirst for worldly glory, riches, and pleasure. So this is interesting that he says, he brings up the same point that I was talking about, how that not all Christians go through the same thing, and but that the, these struggles are all overcome the same way. They're all overcome through faith. And, and this reasoning, uh, it says here, uh, the author reminds us, the reasoning of faith will ever prevail over that discontent that we get from living this life. The reasoning, is, it's not man-made reasoning, it isn't uh, earthly reasoning, because earthly reasoning would never have us do these things. But the reasoning of faith allows us uh, to have victory over uh, the, this enemy that can come into our lives uh, called discontent. And discontent, again, is that discontentment we have with our own, uh, with, with the uh, trials and, and temptations that God sends our way um, or allows to come our way uh, that spring from the pride and arrogancy that exists in our own lives and have to be um, cleansed and worked out from our lives, that we become more and more like him. So faithful tells him, so this, he tells me that I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to offend all of his friends, all my friends, if I continue down this path. And Christian replies, well, how did you answer him? Faithful says, I told him that although all these, that although all these that he named might claim kindred of me, and that rightly, for indeed they were my relations according to the flesh, yet, since I became a pilgrim, they have disowned me, as I also have rejected them, and therefore they were to me now no more than if they had never been of my lineage. Oh, wow, look at that. He wrote, this reason is like, hey, I used to have pride and arrogancy. Yes, they were in my life. But since I've become a pilgrim, they don't want me. And I don't want them. I told him, moreover, that as to this valley, he had quite misrepresented the thing. For before honor is humility and a haughty spirit before a fall. Therefore, said I, I had rather go through this valley to the honor that was so accounted by the wisest than choose that which he esteemed most worthy of our affections. Christian says, met you with no one else in that valley? Faithful replies, yes, I met with shame, but of all the men that I met with in my pilgrimage, he, I think, bears the wrong name. 
The others would be said nay after a little argumentation and someone else. But this bold-faced shame would never have done. Why say you that, says Christian? Faithful says, what? Why, he objected against religion itself. He said it was pitiful, low-sneaking business for a man to mind religion. He said that a tender conscience was a man was an unmanly thing, and that for a man to watch over his words and ways so as to tie up himself from that hectoring liberty that brave spirits of the time accustomed themselves unto would make him the make him the ridicule of the times. He objected also that few of the mighty, rich, or wise were ever of my opinion, nor any of them neither before they were persuaded to be fools and to be of a voluntary fondness, to venture the loss of all for nobody knows what. So this this person that he meets, shame, has is a little bit bold faced and says, Religion, that's that's for the weak minded. We've seen these people, you've heard them. Religion's for uh and of course, we're speaking now of this relationship with God. When it comes to religion, it's pure religion, undefiled before God. He said that to to watch how you act around people—that's that's that's weak. That's weak. We have some uh, references here to First uh, John, First uh, Corinthians two, verse twenty-six, and uh, chapter three and verse eight, and Philippians three seven and nine. Let me see. I don't think I can. I'm using my phone to stream this, so I'm not sure if this will work. Let's see. No, it's not. Okay. So we do have some references here. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 2, 26, uh, chapter 3 and verse 8, and Philippians 3, 7 and 9, and then John 7, verse 48. So we have quite a few scriptures here that he's referencing that if, so this doesn't make a, a lot of sense that uh, we can reference, which I will do, and I try to do every time I'm, this morning I am in a different uh, scenario, so that's why I'm here. Alrighty, and we'll finish up uh, with, finish up a little bit early today. He says, he moreover, he's talking about this conversation that he's having with, with shame, he says, shame moreover objected the base and low estate and condition of those that were chiefly the pilgrims of the times in which they lived. Also their ignorance and want of understanding in all natural science. He did, okay, so he, he did hold me to it at that rate also about great many more things that, than here I relate. As that it was a shame to sit whining and mourning under a sermon and a shame to come sighing and groaning home, that it was a shame to ask my neighbor for forgiveness for petty faults, or to make restitution where, have, where I have taken from any. He said also that religion made a man grow strange to the great because of a few vices, which he called by finer names, and made him own and respect the base because of the same religious fraternity. And is this, said he, a shame? We have uh, a note from the author, and we'll finish here. He says, nothing can be a stronger proof that we have lost the image of God 
than that shame which is natural to us concerning the things of God. This shame joined to the shame of man is a very powerful enemy to God's truths. Christ's glory and our soul's comfort better at once get out of our pain by declaring boldly for Christ and his cause than to stand shivering on the brink of our profession, ever dreading the loss of our good name and reputation. For Christ says, some awful words, he says, Whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father. This is Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. It is one thing to be attacked by shame and another to be conquered by it. And what a truth that is. This this uh, thing to be ashamed of Christ and be ashamed of what God has given us um, is, is, a, is, a, is a huge enemy. And I think sometimes this is an enemy that we don't, this enemy of shame that can come into our lives is an enemy maybe we don't take it seriously enough or we don't discuss enough. But I know it's not just in Mark 8.38, but many times where he says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And as, as a believer, as someone who, who professes to believe, the, the fruit to, that, would, that a true believer has, right? We're talk, we talk about a professor and we talk about a believer. A professor is someone who is without the fruit of, of a true believer, a, a branch that is in Christ, and a true believer is a branch that bears fruit. And any time God comes to purge that uh, that branch, it, the fruit doesn't wither, as spoken of in, in Jude, chapter, uh, Jude verse 12. The He purges it, and the fruit comes back more abundantly, because this is, this is the will of God uh, for His children, and this is how we know we are His. He says, if you are ever ashamed of me, if you are ashamed of me, and, and I love how the author reminds us, it's one thing to be attacked by shame. It's one thing to, to have shame come into our lives that have, and then us reason with it, deal with it, repent of it, and, 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 and conquer the shame. And But it's another thing for that shame to come into our lives uh, where we are like, oh, I don't want to talk about my faith. I don't want to talk about what God's done in my life. I don't want to lose my, my status because of this conversation immediately throws me out. I'm a foolish person because all the scientists say, you know, this is what happened and this is what happened. So the moment I say I believe in God and the moment I say I believe in Christ, you know, I'm, yeah, that, that's a little shameful. And it's one thing to enter into that spirit, but it's a whole other thing to be conquered by that and now no longer be the witness that you are commanded to be and expected to be uh, because uh, we're ashamed of, of the, uh, the, the God's truth and Christ's glory. So it, it's, a, it's a great thing to be reminded of today. There, there are... 
there are people out there uh, today who will be will be attacked by shame. It might be you, it could be myself, who have an opportunity to be bold about Christ, to be bold about our faith, but because uh, for whatever reason, as he says, whether it's because you're afraid someone might think you're weak, someone might think uh, that it's unmanly to have a tender conscience, uh, it's not what rich people do, it's not what wise people do, okay? It's what, that, that, that struggle to be bold about our faith is a real thing. Would you today uh, take up the, the challenge that when the opportunity comes to, to either be bold or to, to retreat in shame when it, about Christ, Instead of, uh, instead of doing the natural thing, uh, pray that God would give you that boldness and that comfort and, and that he would give you that confidence in him. You know, I, I believe it's in Hebrews, uh, thou, uh, I believe it's in Hebrews uh, 10.35 or 11.35 where he says that uh, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward and this is that is the that is the uh, antithesis to this warning of if you are ashamed of me I will be ashamed of you so it's again I, I love the the reminder here from the author it's one thing to be attacked by shame it's one thing to have shame enter into your spirit for a moment, but do not let it conquer you. May you tackle that shame with scripture, with a relationship with God, and and boldly proclaim who Christ is and what he has done and what he is doing in your life. Uh, there are people in this world who just need someone who is unashamed of what God has done in their lives. And Will certain people out there think you're stupid? Will certain people think out there uh, that they, they might think they might? That, will they think you're weak? Yes, but you know what? So what? <laughs> they didn't. Uh, they didn't die for your soul. They didn't shed their blood for you. Christ did. And what to God today that none of us would be ashamed of that work that Christ has done in our lives. So anyways, guys, I hope that was a good reminder for this morning. And I hope you all have a great day. Let me see how I can end this turn. There we go. And you guys, uh, just remember, take some time today and, and spend time with God and His Word. Uh, be still and know. Social media is going to attack you. Notifications are going to attack you. Work all kinds of things, trying to get that attention that belongs to God. Remember, spend some time with Him today, and, and don't be ashamed. Alrighty, guys, take care.